Welcome to Preston's Super Show. News, sports, and a whole lot more. It's the Super Show, baby. Warning. This show contains material that is only suited for patriotic audiences and people who have a backbone. If you like God, guns, and glory, you're listening to the right show. Sit back or carry on and enjoy Preston's Super Show. Super Show. Thanks for being here. Merry Christmas to you. And I'm going to release my NFL Week 16 picks today. A little bit late. Who cares? I gave you the Titans money line on Twitter. Did a write-up for it. Posted it wherever I could so you could see it. You know, so everybody's telling you 49ers. They didn't know anything. So the Titans win. Now today, the Browns uh, face the Packers 3 30 game. Uh, I like the Packers in that one straight up. I think the Browns just have too much injuries, too much COVID related business going on. No Baker Mayfield playing with the scrubs. So I'm not taking the scrubs against the pack who are dominating, especially at home. They're really good. No, thanks. Um, COVID's really been rocking the sports world. I feel like I can't see a headline without COVID being attached to it. Like, it's it's just one of those things, you know? We didn't even know if we'd get the NBA games today because of how bad COVID's been. And look, you got five NBA games, and the first one wasn't even competitive. 87 to 101. Wow. Bet y'all were so pumped up watching the fucking piss-ass Atlanta Hawks play the shitty New York Knicks. That was fuck. That was what you wanted to wake up and see today. Come on, give me a break. You got the Mavs versus Jazz. No Luka Doncic. What are you watching for? The game means nothing. Uh, Lakers versus the Nets. The Lakers suck this year. Look at the Lakers team, guys. They suck. Uh, Phoenix Suns Warriors. That's the best game because of Steph Curry versus CP3. Matt, have you? Have, how many more times we gonna, can they run that matchup down our throat? Then we got a Boston Celtics versus Milwaukee Bucks. It's a snooze fest. It's a snoozer. So I like uh, the Packers versus the Browns today. The Packers are going to beat up on the, this Browns team. Uh, they'll cover that that big spread. And the reason is because, like I said, with all the reserves in this game, this is a weird spot for the Browns. You know, COVID teams at home. It's not as big of a deal. The Ravens have won it, you know, keep it cl- kept it close at home. Have won at home when they've had all these problems. Um, you know, look at the Ravens versus the Packers. They played pretty close at home. But then they kind of fumbled when they went on the road. It kind of looked look silly. Uh, I think that's the Browns today. You know, we know that Packers secondary is a little bit light. That they make big plays. 
but they also give up big plays. So it's it's a give and take relationship with the Packers defense. Um, but the big thing for the Packers is Kenny Clark. Kenny Clark is the difference maker on the Packers defense. I don't think people talk about that enough. And he's in today. Uh, so that's huge. It's absolutely huge. For a Cleveland Browns team that kind of got is getting away from the run, that's big, man, to be able to <clears throat> plug and play Kenny Clark up in the middle. I think he dominates today. I think this Packers defense eats today. And uh, I'll be very surprised. Um, very surprised if the Browns could keep this close. And they could, but I just don't see it today. Um, games like this come around around this time of year where it's kind of like, who do you have left? You know what I mean? <clears throat> the injury bug was always a real thing. But then you throw COVID into the mix. Now the injury bug is catastrophic for a team. Um, and I just don't see the Browns pulling all that together. They have one real true receiver that they throw the ball to. And he's really their tight end in Joku. He's like their guy. Okay, are we going to get Baker Mayfield? Uh, it's possible. It is possible, Baker. Is that, that that doesn't change my pick at all. Because um, you're still without so many players, man. I mean, the injury reports are so huge. Um, and the Packers guys that are out, those were mostly just some reserve guys that got sick. Um, which sucks, but they're not like... It's not the end of the world that they're not playing. Um... No, Case uh, Case Keenum is questionable, which is weird because we've been hearing that Baker's not going to play this whole time. So, um, yeah, two teams going in different directions, right? So, give me the Packers. I just don't like the Browns at, on the road in this environment. They've only won two games on the road this year out of six, so I don't like that. Then you got the Colts versus the Cardinals today, and uh, a smart, sharp better is going to back the Colts and the reason you're going to do that is because everybody jumped on the Arizona bandwagon after they completely looked like shit last week um so that's why you go okay that isn't all going to get fixed in one week um the problem was DeAndre Hopkins wasn't uh wasn't it wasn't there like wasn't playing wasn't at full strength so they were going to have a huge huge issue getting over the hump without DeAndre Hopkins. Imagine being the Arizona Cardinals with Kyler Murray. And you have you know, talent kind of spread throughout your team. But there's really one guy everybody knows who's going to be the best player and that's DeAndre Hopkins. And he's not going to play in this game. So if you don't have DeAndre Hopkins against this Colts defense has completely stepped up um, that doesn't give up uh, much on the ground opposed to other uh, defenses. And then you got a struggling Arizona Cardinals team that's lost their last two. One of those was at home. Um, and here are the Colts that have reeled off, uh, you know, four of their last five. Uh, and even, you know, had that close loss against the Bucks. But it's not even about Kyler Murray uh, not not competing hard or not playing well. It's the fact that his team doesn't really have those type of weapons. 
that they need to uh, to win this game. So I'd be looking for a grind out win for the Colts because Jonathan Taylor is the best running back in the NFL this year. And we all know Derrick Henry's wonderful uh, tailback, but uh, Jonathan Taylor is a monster. He's got 270 carries, uh, 1,518 yards, and 17 touchdowns. He's a freaking nature, man. Um, the Arizona Cardinals, they don't like to run the ball much unless they're in uh, goal line situations or third and short situations, second and short situation. And even then, you'll probably see some passes. But the Colts are very stacked, and they're realizing that. Now, center's out. Some offensive line banged up. A little bit of shuffling going on there. But the Cardinals got a problem, too. Oh, yeah. Their punter is going to be out of this game. Think of field position. Think about uh, this is the guy they're paying money to give them the best field position, to put the other team in the worst field position possible. And now that guy's out. There's something to keep an eye on there with the punter. Uh But I like the Colts, man. Uh, Give me them in that game. Then the Lions versus the Falcons. That's a game that really go, doesn't need too much discussion. I can tell you that the Detroit Lions are feeling good about themselves, but they still know who their identity. They still they still feel every one of those 11 losses. And the Falcons are looking for their real true first home win. Okay, not the one in uh, England and shit, but one actually on their field. But no Ridley. Uh, they might not have Taji Sharp. But Matt Ryan is just going to fucking throw it to anybody who's open. He doesn't care. Like, he doesn't have a number one guy. You could say Kyle Pitts, I guess. But you might be wrong because then he starts to throw it to Russell Gage all the time. Um, but, you know, if it was by receiving yards, it'd be Kyle Pitts. But he hasn't even hit a thousand yard season yet. So he's looking to get that. You know, in a thousand yard season for a receiver is huge like they all want that okay like let me just like educate you if you're listening to this you don't really understand how that works in the locker room when you're running back when you get to a thousand yards on the season that's huge man there's there's all types of stuff in your contract as well um that they know better than me that pays for that type of performance now as a receiver Vice versa, man. Thousand yard receiving season is huge for a receiver. You go over that, now you're talking about elite. You know what I mean? So to get to a thousand yards is, is wonderful, but to get over is elite. And you got some guys doing that. Um but think about this Falcons team. No Calvin Ridley, no Taja Sharp, probably. No Jaden Graham. I remember he's on IR. And their defense is banged up. So the Lions are going to score in this game. Like, this could be a great time for you to get an over on two teams who just don't play much defense. Um, but definitely give me the uh, the Falcons there because I just think the offensive firepower is just going to be too much for the Lions to keep up with. But um, credit, big, big credit, Jared Goff. Every time he steps on the field, he's got to remember he's showing that L.A. Rams franchise what they're missing. And he's got to continue to play good. Next game, locks at noon on Sunday. uh, Baltimore Ravens versus Cincinnati Bengals. 
Um, look, here's the Ravens, streaky team versus the Bengals, a little bit more surefire these last two weeks, and that's kind of what I've been judging these teams on their last two weeks, really. I've looked at the whole body of work, but you're also counting the whole body of work as a lot of guys then were playing, opposed to the last two weeks, most of those guys are playing, uh, mostly, well, not always, but mostly, and the Baltimore Ravens, you know, with their injuries, even if Lamar Jackson doesn't play, they're still going to be threatening this Bengals team because the Bengals defense isn't that good. One area where they are good is stopping the run, only giving up 95.9 rush yards. So they're under give, they're under 100 yards surrendered on the defense to opposing running backs. Pretty good. Pretty good. Total set at 41 and a half. That's low, baby. That is low, but the Ravens are depleted. I don't say they're demoralized or anything like that, or, you know, I'm not stretching the truth or anything. I'm just saying they're depleted. They're a little bit beat up. They're not good on the road. Um, and then here comes the Bengals who are hot. Joe Burrow focused, um, great swagger about them great mindset but let's talk about his weapons jamar chase the the guy's still not getting any love you still probably haven't heard his name called out except on sunday jamar chase is a freaking monster rook who would have thought the Bengals would have two receivers that would be dominant at this point in their career this young like that's Look at this. The Bengals are a team that makes you uh, inspired for like a Packers fan. Let me tell you why. Look at the help that they got Burrow. We can get that help for Rodgers and keep him. You know what I mean? In Green Bay. Will it happen? I don't know. I I, I really think it comes down to the draft and who the Packers get. I think that's what it's going to come down to. If they don't get him any help, I think he leaves. I think if they get him the first pick as a wide receiver and a stud, I think he's going to say, okay, you guys listen to me. You know, I, I want to stay. I want to work with him, you know. Now, I'm looking at the, the deep, deep injury report just to kind of gloss over um, the whole thing that goes back from when it, like, anybody that's on IR, um, not just the one, you kind of the three people you see on uh, ESPN or uh, wherever. Uh, the score app does a good job, too, if you look on the score app, but, you know, it's kind of just woke up a little bit ago so my eyes aren't even adjusted um nothing on the Bengals that make me scared of them that we know their defense isn't that good they can start they got some decent run stoppers but nobody on there is making defensive player of the year um and the same thing for the Ravens but the Ravens have a better defense and they will get to Burrow um without a question the Bengals offensive line is banged up but down the stretch you're talking about four quarters of football you're talking about who's got the weapons that can make this uh a physical game a difficult game uh on the other team and that's the Bengals. unfortunately you know as much as you want to say nice things about the ravens with you know hunley come in there and play some good ball against the packers it doesn't matter man like it's not going to help anything but 
their biggest threat. Like the Ravens' biggest problem this week is going to be uh, adjusting to this new fall, like this new normal of players not being there. Like that's the hardest thing they got to get used to. Once they're used to that, it makes life easier on them. But I'm going to go with the Bengals because I just don't think all of this is happening in enough time for the Ravens to be ready and give us their best. I think the Bengals are going to give us their best and they win that game. Next game, we got the L.A. Rams versus the Minnesota Vikings. Locks at uh, tomorrow at noon. The Rams are 10-4 and, um, and the Vikings are 7-7. Seven seven. Vikings control their own destiny. You know, I remember, go, let's go back earlier this year. Like week four, week three, week five, right in there. The early part of the year. I said, hey, the Vikings, they can make the playoffs if they win at home. They got to win their home games. And the reason I say that is because I know how the NFC North is. I know it's tough in the NFC North. You you know, your, your game plan is never as good as you think it is. But in this game, the Vikings are 4-2 at home. And the Rams, here they come on the road. Uh, and they're pretty good, 5-2 and two on the road. And let's not forget, they've, they, they're just coming off a huge performance um, against the Seahawks, 20-10. Before that, 30-23 against Arizona. Uh, before they lost Hopkins. And then Jacksonville, they beat 37-7. The Vikings, uh, they beat the Bears 17-9 in an ugly game, man. A gritty game, an ugly game, a game you never want to see again. And then uh, they beat the Pittsburgh Steelers before that, 36-28. But then before that, they ran into trouble. So it looks like they've changed directions. Both these teams are on the right track. But what I don't like is that all these teams are just so depleted. Like, you're not going to have Dalvin Cook for the Vikings. Thielen's banged up with the ankle. We don't know if he's even going to go. If he does go, then it's good for them. I don't know if it's going to be enough. The Rams missing Cam Akers, that sucks. But their true, true identity at running the ball is Daryl Henderson Jr. Like, that's their true identity running the football. Anything else is just supplemental insurance. You know what I mean? Like, that's not the full coverage. That's just a little supplemental playing. So, uh, Cam Akers, you know, he might not play in their offensive tackle. Whitworth, who's a beast, he might be out. And they got a guard on IR. So, they're banged up. Vikings defense is pretty active. But they're not... Um, they're not doing enough for me. They're not doing enough. Uh, I think their wins are cheeky wins. Beating the Bears the way they did and beating the Steelers, uh, who are pretty, who were down at that point, who were, you know, in that game too, to be fair. They were really in that game until they weren't. So I'm not buying, uh, that. I'm going to sell that. I do think the Vikings are a wild card team at some point. They got to do it quick. It would help if they win this game, but I just don't think they will. I think the Rams, because they're still playing all their starters, 
because you know they're wanting the number one seed. I think they bur- they're going to burn themselves out in this game and get the win. I think the Rams are going to expend themselves in this game, especially on the road, knowing that all your starters got to play. It's going to be hard. It is going to be hard. And then the one thing that no one really seems to mention, unless they're really tuned in with this Rams team, is uh, Cooper Cup doing everything. Like, a guy that no one thought would amount to much coming into the NFL, and he's a, he's a complete stud. And I think he's going to gash this Vikings defense, and it's going to allow guys like Robert Woods um, and others to get open. Um, and, and, and really threaten this team uh, because, you know, just from that standpoint, it's hard to look at this Vikings team and after that performance against the Bears and just seeing how they were playing. I just don't think they're all there, man. I, I just don't. I'm, I'm, I'm pushing away from that. Um. And I like uh, the Rams in that one. I think Matt Stafford has adjusted very quickly to this offense. And I think they've tailor-made this offense for Matt Stafford more than he's fit the role or assumed the role of quarterback. I think they've assumed uh, the playbook for him and and pretty much handed it to him on a silver platter. Um, So Matt Stafford's taking all of this in stride. And he's, he's... uh, he's a lock this week to get his touchdown prop. Then we move on to a game everybody wants to see, as long as it's not windy. And that's the Buffalo Bills versus New England Patriots. Because you remember that last game was not fun. And they completely destroyed the over because of the weather. Um, so then we come into the Bills versus the Patriots, where... The Patriots had a bump in the road. We all knew it was coming. We all seen it coming. There's only so much running you can do in the NFL before someone gets your number. And someone finally got their number. Um, And then the Buffalo Bills. Josh Allen to Stephon Diggs is as good as anything in the NFL. And they got three different guys that can run the football pretty well. So you better be careful with the Buffalo Bills. Um... You know, Zach Moss, Matt Breida, and Devin Singletary. I know their backfield better than they do. I mean, uh, they they really do have uh, some th- some threats at running, and I do think they they stick to their guns here with the running the football. Cole Beasley's going to be out for the Bills. It's going to be tough to get the win without Cole Beasley. I'm going to tell you that right now. Um, they got their best. Defensive tackle star Lou Tatili. I remember him back in college, played at Utah, played his ball there. Uh, watched him before, great player, excellent. And uh, he is probably going to miss the game. So uh, it's going to help the Patriots. On the Patriots side of things, because they're not without, you know, some, some bumps and bruises themselves. Uh, they got a lot more offensive players that's questionable. Like Nikhil Harry, Damien Harris. Uh, Nelson Aguilar's out. 
and their defense is really banged up too. So this is just a gritted out type of game. And the Patriots are three and four at home. They're really not that great at home. And uh, the Bills four and three on the road, eight and six overall. Patriots nine and five overall. I mean, this is a game that the the both teams want really bad. But I think you have just too much out for the Patriots. You know, just too much out, too much questionable. Um, and you guys didn't really show me last week that you've corrected your wrongs when you lost to the Colts. Uh, and since you guys beat Buffalo, Bill Belichick and them beat Buffalo at their house, I feel like Buffalo's coming to your house to beat you. Um, and they have the offensive firepower to do it. Even without Cole Beasley, it's hard to go with the Bills because he's so he's like worth that to that team so much. Like worth more than a point to the line, in my opinion. Probably point and a half to the line because of what he can do crossing the field on slants plugging him in on on different fade routes he's the dude's amazing and uh, he doesn't get enough credit i don't think in my opinion because i've been watching the last three years play and he's excellent um i've seen his development and how far he's come so it sucks to see him out but then you have the patriots without damian harris who is a good runner but we know that the Patriots really need him. I think it's just going to be too tough for the Patriots to overcome. Look, I'm going to, I'm going to put a little doubt in their head here and say, eh, you guys are probably going to drop that one. And the Bills will end up taking that. Um, because there's just more going for them. Rematch. Uh, I wouldn't say revenge because that game was so confusing and bewildering i think everybody just wanted it to freaking end so i wouldn't really be going for a revenge factor here i don't really believe in that too much but uh i do think that the bills are just a better uh sculpted team right now and the patriots just got too many pieces falling off like someone put their sculpture together and it looked really good got them nine wins five losses and all of a sudden pieces and shit are falling off the sculpture now and you're like huh well, that, that wasn't no Michelangelo, you know what I mean? Like, who, I don't know who was that. That was a knockoff, you know what I mean? If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Sounds good, right? There are a lot of places you can host your podcast. Those other podcast hosting sites love to make you pay, thinking they're doing you a favor. Not at Anchor. Folks, this is free. None of Anchor's competitors make distribution and monetization as seamless as Anchor does. I predict Anchor to be the face of podcasting in the next five years. If you're an experienced podcaster or a newcomer, doesn't make a difference. Get your show on Anchor today. Download the free Anchor app 
or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. So we move on to the next game, and I appreciate you hanging with me this far. Um, Jaguars versus Jets. Another toilet bowl. I think we're getting one of those a week now. We're we're at that point in the year where you're probably going to get a toilet bowl a week. I'll double check later, but I'm pretty sure it's probably what we're looking like now. And there's not much to like here. Um, I feel bad if you're a fan of one of these teams. You know, part of me does believe that everything happens in cycles. Some. Somewhat. Some things fall out of cycle. But, um... A lot of things work in cycles, right? Like Republican, Democrat, populism, conservatism, liberalism. Things work in cycles. People like certain things for a while, then they change it up and they want something different. Then they say, yeah, well, that different thing didn't really work for me. Now I'm going to try this. So it's like life happens in cycles, man. Give it time. Here, uh, you got the Jaguars, 2-12, and 12, um, who they haven't broken their cycle of of being bad in a while, but they have broken the cycle before. They've made it to the AFC Championship. See, I'm see, I remember that. I don't know if you, you, whoever's listening. I don't know if uh, the listeners out there remember that. I remember watching the Jaguars almost go to the Super Bowl. Okay, so don't tell me the Jaguars can't get back there. Now the Jets. That's a team that everybody roots for. You know, in the out of the closet, right? Like, come on, Jets. You know what I mean? It's just like, ah, they're trapped in the closet. They're like, yeah, I'm kind of comfortable here. You know, and, and that's where they're staying right now with uh, head coach Robert Salas. 3-11 uh, Jets. They're the better team. Uh, I won't pick against them the rest of the year if they're while they're at home. Unless they play against the Packers. But I think, you know, that's different. Different story. Um, but yeah, the Jets... Come on now. Um, you're not going to beat them at home. The Jaguars are defla- are deflated. You know, we talked about it. When something happens to a team like it happened to the Raiders with John Gruden getting fired. When stuff like that happens and then, you know, they had a receiver. We won't say his name and all that, but he did some things he shouldn't have done. There was just a lot. And that team was really, really had their hearts ripped out of them, the Raiders. And I don't think they finished the season well because it's all caught up with them now. But immediately after all that bad stuff happened, good stuff was happening to them. So they won some games. They, you know, played inspired football. And the Jaguars didn't seem to do that when they got their head coach fired. They seemed to regress. Like, yep, Urban Meyer fired. Yep, we suck still. Wasn't Urban Meyer's fault all the way. That's my opinion. I mean, my opinion strictly was, wasn't Urban Meyer's fault all the way. You got you didn't even give the guy a year. So, I mean, I'm just saying. I'm just saying, you know, we know he was a, a goof and did a bunch of goofy stuff. Getting a lap dance at the club that they caught on video. 
you know, uh, almost getting in a fight with a player or some staff or something. There was all types of rumors going around. But the point was that the Jaguars didn't respond. And why would they now? Um, That's the confusing part. Because the team can always play big for no reason. Um, They just find a little fire in their belly and decide they want to unleash it. Could it be them this week? Yes. Because both these teams, I feel like, are going to play hard. Defenses aren't any good. Totals at 41 and a half. They basically gave you a freebie. You know, go over that because both these teams can get there. I really like Zach Wilson. I think he'll be a good talent in this league. I think in two years, we'll be talking about Zach Wilson and the Jets. Give it two years. I, I think in two years, we'll be talking about Zach Wilson and the Jets. Look how far they've come. There'll be a nine and uh, five team around this time of year. And we'll be talking about that in two years because I think that's the type of progression you're going to get from him. And if you get some talent around him, you're going to be very happy with what you have there. Very. See, one thing about Zach Wilson, high football IQ. Hasn't had a full season under his belt. It's really hard to judge him. Trevor Lawrence pretty much has had a full season under his belt and hasn't looked good. Hasn't looked good, bro. Like, we know him for who he is. That Brett Favre-style quarterback, the gunslinger. He just wants to fling that ball around. But he also holds it too long. He's also taken too much punishment. And he's not using his legs like he did in college um, to help this offense move forward. It's just not. He's not the same Trevor Lawrence right now. And he's frozen in time um, on a bad team uh, that hasn't won a game on the road all year. I don't think they do it here. There's a ghost on the field when the Jets play at home. There's free, Like how Seattle has a 12th man. The Jets kind of got that too and said it's a ghost. You know what I mean? Someone that... <clears throat> passed away and was a Jets fan and now they haunt that stadium that's I believe that because I I just see so much wacky stuff happening in these Jets games there's a ghost on the field so the ghost on the field uh along with Zach Wilson and company are gonna go ahead and take care of business against the Jaguars and I really don't see it another way yeah you're gonna keep handing the ball off to James Robinson and you're gonna get the same result you know what I'm saying not let's not act like they didn't get you to two and twelve so, um, and they say, oh, well, he wasn't running the ball enough. Well, when it's third and when you're dealing with third and 16, it's kind of pointless to run the ball, don't you think? You know, so uh, I'm going with the Jets there. Um, and, I, and I think they pretty much cruise. But I do think the Jaguars will score because Jets defense isn't something to like marvel at. Like, oh, my gosh. It's like the Hoover Dam. You know, you're not going to be starstruck, you know, like, oh, my God. No, you're going to be like, yep, where the yeah, chili bowl at, where my Frito bag at. That's what I need right now. That's what I need. Where my Dotto Pebble. Where my Dotto Pebble. New York Giants versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, that's Sunday. Locks at noon. Be there. Uh, for this this crap fest, the Giants on the road are not good. And we know the Eagles, they don't figure things out until the second half. So, I, you know, that's when you tune into that game. They don't figure things out until the second half. They don't know what's going on until after halftime. Um, 
But the NFL is a funny business. Like, you can be a star for a week and then go back to the bench. It's just funny. Like, for a whole week, you can be shown on ESPN. And there's no other sport like that. Where they show you for a whole week. And you're just like the stud. Basketball, it's like a day or two. And then the next game's played and the guy's back to back to earth. You know what I mean? But in baseball, same thing. A guy gets hot. You know what I mean? But by the time you figure that out, you haven't even paid attention to much of that. So you're like, whatever. But in football, a guy does phenomenal. Like Gardner Minshew at quarterback and wins a game for the team. And all of a sudden, it's like, all right, back to the bench for you. It's like, damn, kind of hurtful. Then Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, I really like this guy. This is the this is the reincarnation of Donovan McNabb. I don't know. It's I just feel like that's the right way to frame this. And uh, he's so early in his career, you know. I'm, I'm waiting to see what type of quarterback he molds into. But his mechanics, you cannot look at him and tell me he does not remind you of Donovan McNabb. The way he runs out of the pocket, throws the ball. The way he's, you know what I mean. Uh, challenging the defense uh, to maintain their coverage like Donovan McNabb did and then do something different. Jalen Hurts has those mechanics. I remember watching McNabb plenty, and uh, he was a great quarterback. Uh, I used to miss watching Donovan McNabb and and, uh, Steve McNair and and those type of guys, man. You know, I miss those days. Uh, Football now is different. Because their guys just don't last as long, you know. Plain and simple, guys are are turning in their careers early, and uh, it's because the injuries are so severe now. And the game's sped up; they've really sped the game up. the The more <clears throat> I can tell you one thing for sure: the more you root for offense and points, the more you'll see injuries. That's a fact, and you you can do as much research into that as you want but the more you root for more points and faster games and faster speed the more injuries you're going to have absolutely because the way the game is is supposed to be at an even pace um yes teams speed up from time to time absolutely um you gotta you know you can't be predictable but i'm saying like for a whole game you know what i mean like college style well it doesn't work in the nfl and a lot of what coaches are doing are bringing a lot more college styles uh plays and schemes into the nfl and on one hand it's good because it's exciting but on the other hand it's dangerous um because never take an nfl defense for granted they're professional athletes they're paid to be that so just keep that in them in your mind you know don't think that you know the trick plays and the foolery can't get you hurt you know what I mean? It's happened before. Um, so you definitely, definitely, you know, want to be careful with that type of play calling and use it sparingly. It's, it is now, you know, it's good to have that knowledge and be able to incorporate those type of things and the triple option and, um, the, you know, all the RPOs they're, they're doing now that you see <clears throat> all that stuff is great. As long as the players know on that have the ball when to get down. Like, don't try to play hero ball. 
and get hurt, fumble the ball, turn it over, cost your team and cost your career. Like that's what worries me the most going forward in the NFL with all these new college style plays. But the Eagles versus the Giants. I mean, Daniel Jones, hate him or love him, he's who you got. And then Jalen Hurts uh, and and Daniel Jones are going to have a shootout here, I think. In my opinion, I think they're going to have a shootout. You know, the Eagles had something good going, man, with Miles Sanders back there. Uh, It was funky, but it was working. And they got away from that a little bit. The last time they played the Giants, the Giants, you know, played them physical, played them tough. And then, you know, the Eagles went, beat on the Jets, boom, boom, boom. Then they gave uh, Washington football team a couple uppercuts, wop, wop, wop. And then the Giants have just been down in the dumps, like after that Eagles win. Then they lost three in a row, Miami Chargers and Dallas. All pretty ugly, by the way. It's not like they really competed hard in those games. Give me the Eagles, okay? And my mentality behind this game is just that they can score more. The Giants are only scoring 17 points per game. That is exactly what a defense is willing to give up. Um, if, if, they, if a defense doesn't give up more than 17 points, that's a win. That means their team should win uh, in today's NFL. Um... And the Eagles are only surrendering 22 points per game. So their defense is pretty stout, believe it or not. And they statistically are better in pass yards allowed and rush yards allowed. Um, They have some bigger playmakers too. Some guys have gotten healthy. And they're looking to make a run at this. Um, Let's not forget, they're not out of a wild card. So the Eagles are looking to make a run at the wild card. The Giants looking to play a little bit of spoiler. So that's on their side with some cover points there. You know, some cover points could be had here in this game. I'm not saying they can't. Definitely not. But it's not where I'm looking. Because I just think uh, the Eagles are, you know, a better put together team at this point in the season. They've been able to navigate the injury bug and the COVID bug better than others. The Giants have done an okay job of navigating the COVID bug. Where the Giants have struggled is navigating the injury bug. They've had some serious injuries on the defensive side of the ball that have really prevented them from staying in games close down stretch. And you've seen it in their last three games they've lost. Uh, You got the Giants plus 10 on the spread. I'm telling you, I am okay with you laying that for half a unit size. Uh, Because... Plus 10, and plus 10 is a lot of points for the Giants, who will try to make this um, a close game. And excuse me, it's Jake Fromm at quarterback. I don't know why I'm saying Daniel Jones. Excuse my language. It's Jake Fromm at quarterback for the Giants. But if you know Jake Fromm, played for Georgia Bulldog University, uh, is has an excellent arm, can make all the throws. He's being thrown in here a little bit on his back foot. But that's okay because this Giants team is going to hang around. They're going to hang around. Something about when they play the Eagles, they hang around. I'm okay with the 10 points. I think the Eagles win it comfortably. You know, they, they'll, they'll you know go ahead and win by, let's say, 7 points a touchdown. Um, 
but I like plus 10. Plus 10 and a half is better, but uh, plus 10 on the Giants is a great bet. And uh, Eagles at minus four, 475 favorites to win this game is not fair. They should not be that heavily favored. They should be favorited by two to one, definitely, but not four to one. I could understand three to one. But four to one tells me that the book is giving the Giants no chance, and I'm telling you to give them a little bit of a chance to come in with a backdoor cover for that plus ten. Eagles win because they're a better built team, and even if the Giants show up, play some top notch ball, and just kind of dominate the pigskin with some time of possession because they're able to pick up first downs and put a and, and follow their game plan, the Eagles will still find a way to win at home in in this late in the season, and their crowd's not going to give the Giants. Uh, a lot of time to think it through in the fourth quarter. Like, that crowd's going to be in it in Philly. They're mean. And the Eagles know you don't want to lose in front of your home crowds uh, in Philadelphia. You just don't. It's not a good place to lose. They'll, they fucking throw shit. You know what I mean? So, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus Carolina Panthers um, is our next game. Locks at noon. Um, you don't want to miss this one because I have an upset for you. The Buccaneers are on my upset alert this week, and no one's giving the Panthers a chance, and I don't like that. I don't like that. We know the Cam Newton experiment is kind of just an experiment. Like, it's not, it hasn't worked. I like Cam Newton, respect Cam Newton, love what he's brought to the NFL, love how different he is unique of a player he is um like his swagger but his game is not that good it's just not anymore and uh i don't know where they go from here because it's definitely not matt barkley why he's in the nfl anymore i don't know um but he's out and uh because Matt Barkley should not be a quarterback in the NFL. He is garbage. And uh, I'll tell you that. I do not care. He sucks, dude. Sam Darnold on IR. Um, I'm sorry if I'm Carolina Panthers head coach. Um, which I feel like anybody could be because their head coach is just a jughead. Like, listen to him talk. Listen to him speak. He sounds like an ignoramus. Uh, that guy is not that. He's not that smart. How he got this job, that's all networking and connections. Because they're 5-9. and nine, And I still think they're going to beat the Buccaneers this week. The reason is, no Mike Evans, no Antoine Winfield. Uh, and a boatload of guys on uh, injured reserve for the Buccaneers. Let's go to the running game. No Leonard Fournette, their top running back. They're talking about, oh, he'll he'll come back in the playoffs. I wouldn't be expecting that. <clears throat> Sorry, Buccaneers fans. I probably know one or two. Um, in in you know in real life, I know one or two Buccaneers fans. And sorry, guys, you're not. He's not coming back this year. He's not going to play on that. Nope. Um. And if he does, I I would completely advise against that. But see who else they got out. Winfield, their safety, is their best player on defense, in my opinion. He's out. 
Godwin's not there. Uh, yeah, they are just they are just depleted, just completely depleted. They love Ronald Jones running the ball, but I really don't like R.J. the third. I really like him, but he's just not the same running back right now. Like the better last year. He fit better. I don't know. They did something with their scheme. He doesn't fit as well into the team any into the scheme anymore. Um so I don't like that. DJ Moore's questionable. Um but he, he did practice on Friday. I would say he wouldn't play, but because he did practice on Friday, I'd say he's gonna be in there. Um but yeah, both teams just suffering majorly, mightily on injury, on the injury side of things. But I think they're going to give Cam Newton this last chance in this first half. And then I think it's P.J. Walker time. I really do. I think P.J. Walker's gotten the shaft uh, from from this Panthers coaching staff. They, you know, they brought in uh, Cam Newton. Why I think they, you know, just thought that he's a veteran so he can kind of dictate the pace a little better. But they're just, it's not the same Cam Newton. Like, you guys, not, they they just, their front office is garbage. I'm sorry. They're, they're just garbage. They need a whole new front office if you if you think that Cam Newton was going to come in here and bring you guys to glory road. I'm thinking Cam Newton gets might even get benched in this game for P.J. Walker. Um, I don't see how you don't play him. How do you not play P.J. Walker? That's the guy to play. Enough of the Cam Newton stuff. It's time for the next guy. It's time for the next guy to get his shot. You know. Um, P.J. Walker to D.J. Moore can actually be threatening. Where Cam Newton to D.J. Moore doesn't even look threatening, man. Like, it's not even looking like it's something to be worried about. But everybody's going to be high on the Bucs. Um, but I'm not on the road. You know, Buccaneers at home are, are solid. They're used to their their field. They're used to their fans. They're comfortable. They're in the they're in the zone. When they go on the road, they look they look out of place. They look out of place. And and I think they go into Carolina a little bit like Minnesota, tough place to play for opposing teams. Not because of the fans necessarily, but because of the environment, the field, the weather. Um, and Minnesota's different because they got the dome. But you know, it's it's along those lines. Where they're having those issues. But I think two, two things can happen. Two things can be true. Um, on one hand, Cam Newton could play and lead this team to victory. On the other hand, P.J. Walker could come in for benched Cam Newton and lead this team to victory. Why? Because Chubba Hubbard... And Amir Abdullah are two very different running backs. Chubba Harbor can ground and pound the ball. And Amir Abdullah can catch the ball in space and do something with it. So you used to see him do that in Detroit. He was really good at it. Now, the defense, the 4-3 defense, is something Tom Brady struggled with in his career. Uh, and they have a plan for Brady. And I think you're going to like watching this game, honestly, because I think that it's a physical game. I think both defenses are going to play a good game. The sad thing 
for the Buccaneers is they got some of their biggest hitters, some of their best cover guys out, which leads me to believe that Cam Newton could find some spaces and work to work his way downfield and have a good game. And on the other side of that, you have PJ Walker, who I trust his arm, who I've seen him play before, and I like the guy. I think he could come in and have a good game against this Buccaneers defense as banged up as they are. So I'm cool with it either way. I like the the Panthers in this game. Uh, straight up, take the Panthers. Um, and the best bet is obviously you want to take them with the points because everybody's downing them. But I think Tom Brady's going to have a big problem uh, when he goes to hand that football off and it's not Leonard Fournette anymore and he can't trust his guys to get those first downs like he used to. And we've seen Gronk was playing terrible in that last game. And they'll shut him down. They'll shut Gronk down. Just like the Saints did um, in this NFC South. They'll be able to shut Gronk down. Uh, So give me the Panthers in that one. A surprise win for them. Plus 10 is where you want to be with the Panthers. It's a good spot. It's a very good spot to be with the Panthers. Um, Now we move on to... Our last 12 o'clock game, and then I'll cut for break. Los Angeles Chargers versus Houston Texans. Chargers are 8-6, Texans 3-11. You know, there's a lot to like about these teams. Um, and then there's a lot not to like. One thing you can like about both teams is that they're still competing hard. Okay, so let's give them their due. Texans just coming off a big win. Uh, didn't think they'd get it, and they did, so I'm happy for them. And then the Chargers. Well, what we like about them is all the talent they have. We love to see Austin Eckler and Keenan Allen and all these different guys running around out there. Um, this week, they got more room to run on this Houston Texans defense that isn't stopping anybody. Um, and then the Chargers, you know, they went to overtime with the Chiefs, and before that, they've just been bonking everybody on the head. Um, down there in Houston, easy field to run on easy field for Herbert to slice up Um, Mills will probably have a good game too but the Chargers defense you don't want to sleep on the only thing you're watching for is does their safety Derwin James Jr. play and how do they look like with their pass rush early on because if they are not able to get to uh, Mills Mills can compete in this game surprisingly enough but I don't like the Texans' offense uh, or defense this year. It, it just doesn't look right. It doesn't look like a like the prototype team you're looking for. And the Chargers do. So I think the Chargers cover that minus 10.5. But I really think that, you know, I'm just picking them to win here. Because there's just too much talent. And when too much talent has come into Houston, they have lost. And they're 1-6 at home. Um, with a 3-11 record overall. While the Chargers are 4-2 on the road and have beaten some good teams on the road, they're also 8-6 overall and need this game. So I think you get a big game from the Chargers, a big game from Herbert. Uh, I think you're talking about, I'm going to say, 300-plus yards and two touchdowns from Herbert, and you're going to get at least two touchdowns from Eckler could be one receiving one rushing could be both rushing but you're going to get at least two from him Allen will definitely catch one um but Herbert's going to be tossing this ball around uh easily on this field and I like the Chargers to roll there 
So we'll go ahead and cut the break. Come back. We got Bears, Seahawks, Steelers, Chiefs, Broncos, Raiders, Washington, Cowboys, Dolphins, Saints. Okay, so uh, hang with me here and I'll be right back. Next, we got Bears versus the Seahawks, and the four and ten Bears head up into Seattle to play the five and nine Seahawks. This will be a good game uh, for the Seahawks. They need this one, but I really feel like both teams are probably out of it at this time of year. It's gonna be hard for either one of these teams to go and make the postseason. I really think they're both done. So you got to question how hard they're gonna actually play. Total set at forty-one and a half, super low. Um, should be super cold, like 26 degrees, probably raining, um, in Seattle and it's going to be ugly out there. So yeah, the under is the best place in this game to be. You're going to be, want to be on the under if you bet on that one. But, uh, for the bears, they just got so many injuries. Um, you know, I think everybody's kind of hanging around. Like, are they going to play fields or are they going to throw in, you know, such and such. It can kind of go either way. But on Seahawks, you know it's going to be Russell Wilson. Um, you know he's still got his targets out there in uh, Tyler Lockett. And he's he's got one of the best receivers, even though he hasn't played like it this year. DK Metcalf still one of the best receivers out there um, that's, that's active. Um, so you're going to get a lot of that in this game. But, I mean, overall, there's only so much you can like here because it's not like two offensive firestorms are coming to town you know it's just one team slightly healthier than the other team so i really like the seahawks in this one because i just think the bears on the road um their coach is just calling terrible plays um their defense has not hung around like they should and they've they're just they've given up too much they've given up too much and, and i'm done trying to root for them or trying to hope they win a game, you know, when I know the Seahawks can and uh, they're physical, they'll make it tough on the bear. Uh, but the Seahawks are in a lot of trouble themselves. You know, it's not like they're going to score a ton, but where they're good at is throwing the ball deep downfield, lulling you to sleep with the running attack, and then their defense can keep them in the game um, against a Bears team that, Hasn't really shown you much. Hasn't really threatened much. Uh, especially in that last game. They just look so awful. So, I'm going to, you know, roll with the Seahawks here. I just don't like how the Bears look at this point in the year. And the Seahawks, I don't really like where they're at either. So, it's kind of like the lesser of two evils. Uh, then we go to 325 kickoff game. Pittsburgh Steelers versus Kansas City Chiefs. Steelers are 7-6-1. and one. The Chiefs are 10-4. and four. Now... This one's hard to pick because the Steelers are trending up, but those they're not dominating by any means. And I feel like every time Ben Roethlisberger takes a hit, it's his last hit he's going to be able to take. Like, I'm serious. And this Chiefs defense is big. They're stout. They got some mean pass rushers. Um, 
I just think they're going to make life a living hell for Ben Roethlisberger on Sunday. I don't know. I guess people might see that differently. Uh, but the Chiefs are a minus 10 favorite, so that should tell you what you need to know. A minus 475 money line favorite. That should tell you what you need to know. Look at all these injuries for the Steelers, man, and, and the um, the Chiefs. The Chiefs won't have Tyreek Hill, won't have Travis Kelsey. Um, But the Steelers aren't going to have, like, half their defense. You know, Isaiah Bugs gone. Buddy Johnson out of there. Chris Wormley out of there. Um. So th- this is just two teams that are rocked by COVID. Um, and, you know, even the Steelers coach was like talking up, you know, uh, Travis Kelsey. He's not even going to play. You know what I mean? He's talking up a guy who's not even going to play. So um, just strange uh, how this is how this has happened. But one thing I know about the Chiefs is everybody saying they can't run the ball. They can't run the ball. That is true. Somewhat. The other side of that coin is they can in spurts. Clyde Edwards Hilaire is giving them first downs when otherwise it would have been pretty much a punt. I'm just saying it's something to keep an eye on. But Patrick Mahomes, without his two best weapons, I don't really know uh, how they're going to look. I feel like it's just going to be a slow game. 45 and a half is the total. I'm loving the under because I just don't see a lot of scoring. Um, The speed factor is not there with Kansas City. The, The monster offensive scoring has not been there all year with the Steelers. So this just looks like an under game to me. And then... It looks like the Chiefs win because they're at home. It's tough to play. And uh, the Steelers are 2-4 and four on the road. And like I said, I just questioned this Steelers team and their toughness uh, right now. I want to see how tough they are after this game. So let me see this one before I, I say anything more about them. I'm just, I'm just questioning this team. Uh, I'm not like everybody else that sees it win a game or two and says, oh, wow, look, they're they're doing good now. They beat the Titans. Yeah, well, okay, what about when they played the Bengals and they got doused 41 to 10? You know what I mean? So, you know, just saying. You know, there's a, there's a lot of questions there. The Broncos versus the Raiders. 7-7 uh, seven seven Broncos up against the Raiders, who are 7-7. Seven seven. But the Broncos got... Really, probably the the worst of the worst that could happen to them when uh, Bridgewater got knocked unconscious and sent out of the game. Um, so that's going to be something to see is if he even plays. But uh, otherwise, I think they do beat the Bengals. But the Raiders, the way they beat the Browns was so ugly. Such a hideous win. Um, You never want to see that game again. And you really have to think, okay, do I want Derek Carr and uh, Josh Jacobs? Or do I want the backup? Or do I want Drew Locke and Javante Williams? I'm going to go with Derek Carr and Josh Jacobs. You know what I mean? Like, give me those two uh, to lead this team. Because the Broncos aren't that good on the road. 
And uh, the Raiders really need this game, just like the Broncos need it. But the Raiders are at home, on their field, on their terms, where they've beaten tougher teams. You know, I hate to put it that way, but it's true. They've beaten tougher teams at home. And uh, not many, but they have. So it's going to be tough for the Broncos to come in here and sneak out a win. You know, it's it's good that Cortland Sutton and uh, Jerry Judy are healthy. But now with Bridgewater out and Drew Locke in there, I just don't know about this Broncos team. You know, I think that Drew Locke can't have a good game. I, I'm a believer in the kid. But they brought in Bridgewater for a reason because J- Drew Locke wasn't ready. So... I'm going to put that in context for you. So, give me the Raiders. Give me Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs. You know, and then on the defensive side, um, this is a team that has surprisingly given up a lot of yards, but it's still 7-7 this season. And uh, it's a defense that I told you isn't the great defense that they were trying to make it out to be early in the year. Kind of like they did with the Seahawks. They fed you a bunch of bullshit in the in the mainstream sports news uh, outlets. They just fed you a bunch of shit like, oh, the Seahawks, yeah, look, the defense is good even though they lose. Uh, it's like, yeah, but isn't that a little bit just beside the point? But with the Raiders, their defense is going to give the Broncos some trouble. Now, the Broncos, uh, as much as you like their, their talent, they're not using the talent at the way they could be. Uh, but one thing I know about Drew Locke is he's not scared to air this thing out. He will be throwing that ball deep to Jerry Judy. He's had some experience with him. And he's going to be trying to get the ball to Cortland Sutton a lot too. But most of all, this is the Derek Carr show. This isn't, you know, something we haven't seen before. Uh, you know what I mean? This isn't brand new. You know, I really like uh, Derek Carr this game to be able to complete his passes and move this team in the right direction and be able to hand the ball off to Josh Jacobs who's a physical runner and you know go ahead and get this win so we got two games left Sunday night and Monday night uh Washington football team six and eight versus Dallas Cowboys ten and four and Washington football team you've seen them man with you know they're good they've gone through so many quarterbacks now they've um not really had a focal point on the offense. One guy they can completely count on, no matter what. They don't have him. And the Cowboys have too much talent. The 10-4 Cowboys are 4-2 at home. The 6-8 uh, and eight Washington football team, 3-4 and four on the road. And they just don't look good. They're not gonna. They're not gonna be able to get this one. Dallas beat them not too long, two weeks ago. Dallas will beat them this week. Dallas is hot, going for their fourth straight. There's always a, a letdown spot for a team where the Cowboys have fallen into right now. But believe me, as long as they got Prescott, he's gonna be able to move the ball and he's gonna be able to win this game. It's different without Prescott, but with him, it is. It is a lock. It's a lock, man. And, and the, the Cowboys are gonna get this one. Um. There's too much talent. You got two different running backs you can hand the ball off to. You got three receivers that could all start on any team in the league. Um, Just too much talent, you know. And uh, look at that. CeeDee Lamb's going, you know, 60 yards away from a 1,000-yard receiving season. He'd probably get that in this game. 
but don't slack on Washington. They'll be in this game, but their offense is too is too it sputters out too much for me. I, I can't be on a team that can't get points on the board, um, especially in crunch time. If I see you're not scoring in crunch time, I can't. I'm not backing you. Miami Dolphins versus New Orleans Saints. Uh, there's a game for the Saints where everybody's kind of like you know bandwagoning for them. And I'm like, well, you guys must not watch football because the Miami Dolphins are hot and the Saints are not. So I'm taking the Dolphins. Let me tell you why. Um, They're still looking to get into the playoffs. They're not out of it. Uh, They're favored in this game, uh, believe it or not. Tua uh, has a positive touchdown interception ratio. Unlike a lot of other quarterbacks in the league right now that are starters. Um... Miles Gaskin, the gas tank, he will keep churning. You know what I mean for this team. Uh, Jalen uh, Waddle catching the ball has been uh, a very positive sight for this Dolphins team, and no one's paying attention to the Dolphins, but they have been winning out. And everybody's looking at this Saints team, but it's not Jameis Winston playing. Um, Taysom Hill and Trevor Sinium were on uh, COVID. You're getting Ian Book. I I like some Ian Book. He ain't ready. He's not ready, dude. He's not ready. And, I, and you're going to find out. If you're back in the Saints this week, you're going to find out the hard way. And I hope you do. I hope you do. Because I, I like Notre Dame just as much as anybody. He's not ready. Not for a Dolphins defense that's very physical. That's going to take it to him. Um, And uh, that Saints defense is a bunch of smoke. I'll tell you that too. I've watched this defense. They give up big plays. Um, Everybody's like, oh, look what they did to Brady and company. Man, with, with, with no weapons, Tom Brady's... Pretty much just an average quarterback. That's what they showed you. They didn't show me anything other than that. Because Miami's got weapons. And they're they're physical. They're physical. They, they're going to play this game physical coming on the road in, in New Orleans on Monday night. Uh, total set too low. It's going to go over. It's at 37 and a half. It's going to go over. Probably 43 points is your total. Probably, uh, five and a half more points. So... Give me the Miami Dolphins on the road. Trying to finish the season on a positive note. You know, so we still got some week, a couple weeks left, but they need this game bad. Where the Saints, I feel like, I feel like this game is going to slip by them. It's going to slip by them with Ian Book at quarterback. I can't be behind that. I can't be behind an Ian Book at quarterback, man. No way. So uh, I am 126 and 97 on the year so far, picking straight up winners. Just giving you a dead winner every week. Um, 126 wins, 97 losses. So we're looking to go perfect this week. We started off right. Tennessee Titans got that. They won 20 to 17. I got the Packers over the Browns. Colts over the Cardinals. Falcons over the Lions. Bengals over the Ravens. Rams over the Vikings. Bills over the Patriots, Jets over the Jags, Eagles over the Giants, Panthers over the Buccaneers, Chargers over the Texans, Seahawks over the Bears, 
Chiefs over the Steelers. Raiders over the Broncos. Cowboys over the uh, Washington football team. Dolphins over the Saints. Uh, total points will probably be 43 points is the tiebreaker uh, on pick, skip, pick. So I'm going to go with 43 points there. And like I said, we only got two weeks of the regular season left after this week. So enjoy it. Uh, Merry Christmas to all. To all a good night. Ladies and gentlemen, just like the hands of time, I'm turning it over to you. Good night, everyone.